On this episode of the Faded Golf Podcast, John and I are lucky enough to take our families on a spring break vacation, and uh, there we play a little bit of golf. We are in the Dominican Republic playing Punta Espada, and then we try a little bit of local rum. I've got this one about two balls out to the right. I'm telling you, man, it's a speed putt. All right, to our listeners, we are really excited to announce our sponsorship with Fanatics.com. This is going to be really a tremendous opportunity for us to deliver you guys a great discount at Fanatics.com. If you're not familiar with Fanatics, they carry all the officially licensed gear for the PGA, for the NFL, for the NHL, for the MLB, for really any sports that you need, Um, whether you want hats, shirts, all sorts of different gear. Uh, like right now, for example, they're, they've been promoting the Beth Page Black. But as well as I saw another promotion, John, for some March Madness stuff, what's your team right now? Boiler up. Uh, see, exactly. So if you need to get maybe your golf polo that you're going to be sporting, you know, the rest of the spring that has your boilers or whatever, your dookies or whoever you're looking at uh, rocking right now, you can get that stuff on fanatics.com. Use the code. We have a promo code. Faded Golf. I will put this on our Instagram account as well. If you use the code Faded Golf, you will actually get a twenty-five percent discount. Uh, it, the code doesn't last forever, though, but you'll get a twenty-five percent discount on gear at Fanatics.com. Nice, I love it. Yeah, pretty exciting. We're really excited. We appreciate the partnership there with uh, Fanatics, and uh, look for more of that to come in the future. Thank you, Fanatics. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 23 of the Faded Golf Podcast. As always, I am uh, Mark Julien here with my buddy, John Falkenberg. Cheers, John. How you doing, buddy? John and I have been uh, gallivanting with our families in the Dominican Republic this past week, but wanted to make sure we put out an episode because we got a chance to play golf this week. So, fun stuff. Good stuff. Uh, we're actually joined right now by our wives. They're sitting next to us uh, outside as we listen to the ocean crashing. Sherry. And they're trying to laugh and not say anything right now. So. Sherry and Allison. Sherry and Allison, welcome to the program, even though you're not going to say anything. It's great. So just put the microphone up to them. Say hello, Sherry. Right. <laughs> say hello. Say hi. Say hi. Great. Say hi. Nope, okay. they aren't going to say anything. Okay, okay. good. We'll, we'll bring them back in for an we'll bring them up, back up in close for a, interview here yeah, pretty up soon. Up close interview on how drunk they got on the trip. Uh, yep. And, and how uh, they how determine much, which pro golfer gets their hall pass. It'll be great. So And streaking. <laughs> streaking <laughs> through the quad to the gymnasium. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so if you, uh, we, are, we, we are very fortunate. We're able to sit out here on our back porch of the place we're staying. Um, you can maybe hear the ocean in the background. It's, pretty, it's been a tremendous week. We got to play uh, a great Jack Nicholas golf course, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Punta um, Espada. Yeah, we played Punta Espada down in uh, We're also Dominican joined Dominican. by the Dominican dog. Yeah, we also have, yeah, our uh, neighborly what's, dog what's here. What's the dog name? Bera. Bera. Bera has joined us for the podcast. Bera, Bera. how are you? Good. She's just sleeping over there. Um, another guest. We have multiple guests, actually, on the podcast today. So, um, the match play tournament. Let's, we, let's start back there. So, uh, Kistner, 
wins. We love Kiss. We love Kissner, just mainly because he said he wanted to go out and celebrate with beer and pizza after he won. Um, he's the people's champ, in my opinion. I like him. He's a growing people's champion. Uh, he, and he speaks his mind. He's like Cupcake. He'll, spring, he'll, he'll speak his mind, but he seems like more like a regular guy. Anybody who's been on the Club Pro Guy podcast has to be a pretty good guy. <laughs> That's a part. great podcast, right? by the way. So I think it... That to me, that that's where it's at. Now is Kiss playing this week? I don't even know if he's playing this week. I don't Maybe know not. either. Um, the uh, what do we? What is it? The Valero Texas Open. <clears throat> Current leader on Thursday is um, Coach Bryant's pick to win the match play. Siwoo Siwoo si Kim. So week too late on the Siwoo Kim. Have you heard about um, Kissner talk about the Masters? Too, too long for him. He talked about all the yeah. He was interviewed about all the majors. Yeah, that's... That, he thought what the, was that I think on? he thought the only what one... In, what interview was that on? I think it might have been after, before or after he won, but the match play, because it was recent. So he, he basically said the only one he thinks he has a chance is the open, because it doesn't really require length. I read today, Tiger Woods talked about how the Masters has changed over his... I think he's played 22 or something now and he says like how much like they do different cuts on the fairways now so it's cut into you into the grain so it stops the ball quicker he also said they have redone the greens they're actually yeah. easier than they they're easier now really? before they were more like undulated but he said the fairways were easier to hit and it was like there was more room for mistakes off the tee which is good for him well, they, they, I'm glad they, I mean, if you think about that course with how fast they make those greens now, you put all that undulation in there, they probably had to smooth them out a little bit. Yeah. Otherwise, balls are just rolling off the greens. Like kitchen and it table. Unfair. Yeah. Kind of like the course we played the last couple of days. It was so firm, it just wouldn't hold at all. So anyway, uh, yeah, I think from a perspective of how they changed the course, and I get it from Tiger's perspective, he's obviously won it and... It's been a while since he's been there. I'm sure he's noticed it more. I think any champion that loves the golf course probably has looked back and said, you know, changes have been good, bad, or different. Who, um, who won the Corrales that was here this week? The, oh, gosh. The major behind, or not the major, but the golf tournament on tour that didn't have the match uh, play players. I feel bad now. Hold on. I knew this. It was Graham McDowell. Yes, it was Graham, Graham McDowell. Which, uh, which was kind of, actually, this was poor preparation on John and I's part. We, we should have probably planned to go attend on Sunday when we were here, but... We didn't even know. I, I really didn't even put two, two, two and two together that it was happening at the same time. I knew they did a tournament during one of the... Hostler was there, but he missed the cut, didn't he? So we, Hostler, wouldn't, we, yeah. we would not have... We would have missed Bo. Anyway. Yeah. Because <laughs> Bo's our guy. We've determined Bo's our guy for the season. Bo, you don't even know this because you don't listen to the podcast, but you're our guy. I'm going to tag you in every post. Tag him on it. I'm going to tag you in every post from now on, Bo Hostler. Is he he in the Masters field? We're going to have a a Masters preview show. I don't believe, because he hasn't won a tournament. No. And he's also not like top 50 in the world, right? Masters field is going to be interesting. Well... That was here. Graham McDowell won. We didn't see it. We didn't see it, but it happens. Um, But we did get a chance to play golf 
in uh, uh, the Dominican here. We had actually intended on playing two different golf courses, but uh, based on our proximity to this Jack Nicholas Punta Espada, we elected to play it twice, plus they gave us a sweet discount for playing two rounds. Um, Bo's tied for 14th today, three under at the, um, the Valero. Bo. They call it now TPC San Antonio AT&T Oaks. What? I thought uh, it's, it's the Valero at Texas Open. 15 different sponsors. Jeez. That's, that's how they make all their 14th? money. 14th? First day? It's not bad. You can, get, you can get there. Get Maybe a sneak in a top 10. It's kind of like a Back, Ted, Ted Potter Jr. He's in second, right? Behind the Siwoo Kim. He is. T2 Sixth. right now? Sixth. 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 Yeah. Well, beyond pro golf, uh, John and I were, were acting like pros. We didn't play it from the back tees, but uh, we, we played the Punta Espada golf course. Uh, Jack Nicholas signature design. Um, nine of the 18 holes are on the water. So on, on the golf. Um, spectacular views, uh, challenging shots everywhere, very windy. One of the things that I noticed, um, and kind of going into the equipment portion, so I played the Snell golf ball for the first time uh, here, and on the first day, I lost my first Snell golf ball on the second hole when I hit it into the, that uh, water hazard to the right, if you remember that. Uh, it was my second shot. I blocked on it. On what hole? Number two. You hit it in the water on the second day. I hit it on the first day because that magnet attracting our golf balls. But our, our caddy, Alberto, found me a nice Pro V1. That Alberto? I played, the, I, I played the rest of the day on the first day. So I didn't really get to experience the snowball, but I played one single snowball. Well, two, actually, because I ended up putting one other one in the ocean. But um, I played the snowball all day the second day, and I really felt as though it was, uh, it was a bit spinny. And, um, but it had a good touch around the greens, good feel around the greens, but I also felt like it didn't go through the wind because it was pretty windy out here. It was like a, what would you say? It was like a two, three club wind? Easy. Easy two, three Easy. club Especially wind. Especially when you're on the, one of the nine holes that are on the water. So I, I think compared to, and I wish I would have been able to play maybe like the TaylorMade that I've been playing, I think if I were able to play my TaylorMade against it, it probably would have played a little bit better in the wind. I didn't think the snowball performed real well in the wind, but... Had a good touch feel around the green. What is? What, what I don't ball, think I lost much distance. What off the ball team. would you say it's the closest to? Um, it felt kind of like a Pro V, um, but I think it played more like like a Callaway. To me, like a Callaway just is fluffy in the wind. It just doesn't. I don't play like in the Callaway. wind real well. I don't like those. It's not balls. a good wind ball. It doesn't spin much. So, you didn't think it spun much? I thought it no, spun. The, I'm saying the Callaway uh, doesn't spin much to me. Did your snell feel like it spun more, right? Because it went in the air. It did. It, it just it rose. It just was like a. It got real spinny, especially on like, I don't know, fairway, especially iron shots. I didn't try one, so off the driver, I thought it was fine, but iron shots. I, I hit a few. I hit. You left a couple snells at the simulator, and I hit a few of them, yeah. and they were. I didn't think they were much different. No. But that's not for whatever real time reason. Golf. It really rose on me and like got caught up in the wind. So uh, that was that was my take on that ball, and I, I wish I would have had you play one too. But so I'll still try it. Uh, try a chat them. What I have, I've got probably two more, three more sleeves of those bad boys to go through to burn through. Pops got them for me for. Uh, Are they like Christmas. a vice? They're kind of like a vice. So you can buy like 
three dozen for 60 bucks or something like that. They're, they're a pretty good deal compared to Pro-V. Um, but anyway, that's, that's probably the, the brief equipment. What did you think about this golf course, though, John? <clears throat> well, to get up on the, on the first hole, um, as we're putting our wives to sleep, um, I got up on the first hole and I was just wowed. I think we showed them last night before we had dinner. We took a ride on the golf cart, like cut through the tee boxes and looked on the top. And it's just, it's beautiful. Even though the first hole doesn't start on the water, um, it's just like very pleasing to the eye. It's not super undulated, even though there's more undulation on the probably the back part. Yeah. Um, but, you know, being on the water, um, and the way that Jack sets it up with the, the bunkers and the way he curves the, the, the fairways for the shots. It's just probably one of the top three prettiest golf courses I've ever played, maybe even seen. I think the way that there are some of like the rock formations that are kind of along the coastlines and then kind of up into the, um, I don't know, the sides or the, the kind of the hills of the course that, that made it unique to me. Um, they re- he elevated some tee boxes in some of those spaces, and then, like you said, kind of carved some holes like within them. To me, How do they do that really with the? Do you think the rocks like they just it was natural? Or do you think they had to blow like some of those out with dynamite? Some, or some, some of that's very natural, like just the way probably water has you know obviously weathered it over the years. But um, there, you could tell that they've obviously brought in dirt, brought in um, uh, carved out some areas. Exceptionally well manicured. Like, the yeah, greens I mean, just rolled like it's all Bermuda, pretty much throughout. Uh, great speed, I would say. What, what do you think they were rolling about eleven? Easy, easy. Yeah. So, but I, all, but the the weird thing with Bermuda greens is if it's you're putting in the grain uh-huh. or you know with it, and it makes a bigger difference than anywhere when you're down here. Yeah. So I mean, it could be in, if you're putting uphill into the grain, it could have felt like an eight. True. I think there was some uphill, and there that I where I was thrown off all the two days that we played. I just never felt like I could get the speed right. Um, didn't putt great. Drove the ball pretty well, but didn't putt great. And both pretty much played. We played our games, played our game. which was sad. We basically one day we broke eighty, the next day we didn't. <laughs> era. Um, but I for the experience, it was really cool. I'm glad we didn't drive another place. I think that would have. It would have been cool to play that Corrales. Uh, of course, you know the because you could have played it where the the right. boys we played it. We could have played it from the tips, like just as the pros played it, maybe. But um, it was fun. Wish we would have got Robert, uh, <laughs> <Rupert>. Albert, <laughs> Alberto <laughs> on the podcast interview. Well, so we had uh, on on Instagram. We did have Alberto though. He um, he uh, he helped us do a little live video, but then we lost the audio on it because our internet connection kind of sucked. You'll post that, right? That pissed me off. I got to figure out if I can get the audio back. But I did. I get. I sent you. Did I get? I got a little bit with him. Yeah, I think I did sent you, you a, a video. With him? Yeah, not yeah. much. Well, when we were on thirteen, he was like commenting as we were hitting over that. But he was. You probably explain a little bit about Alberto and the caddy. He was. So He's yeah, a good took, guy. We took a four caddy. Um, they basically assign every two golfers a four caddy. He was great. He read putts for us, cleaned our sticks, got some yardages. He knew he was – there were two things that Alberto was really good at. One, 
Um, he knew uh, there were some scenarios where, you know, you play, obviously, any golf course, stuff tends to break toward the water, right? So uh, what he knew, though, if the putt was going to break away from the water versus toward the water, he, he, he kind of knew which greens did that. So he was really good, I think, at sometimes reading some putts that I would have guessed were going to break toward the water, and they didn't. And then the other thing, too, he knew, um, depending on the angle of the wind, whether it was like a one-club wind, a two-club wind, if it was a, depending on how close you were to the ocean, if it was a, maybe a three-club wind, and he did a really good job, or whether it was a crosswind and you just played it to the number, whatever it was. So um, he was really good at understanding like what hole impacted wind. He, I, I really trusted him on the greens. I thought, you know, you get, well, the guy, he's been a caddy, for, he told me, for 35 years. So he, the guy's been doing it a long time. He's only been, I think he said he'd only been here a year, but you could tell. He was doing, he could read us pretty well when we wanted to, like, get his advice. He, he gave his advice, but if you kind of warned him off, then. I think he, took he figured the me out by day he two. Took, he took the cue. By day two, he knew I didn't really want him reading my putts. But You don't want really anybody reading your putts. Actually, Mark, I think I would have liked to bring uh, Alberto on for the interview. Roberto, it's pretty, it's a running joke this week. The wives are laughing because I've called them about six different names. Armando. Roberto, Armando. Cedric. Cedric. That was a close one. <laughs> Well, I think... He was a great guy. He was a good dude. He's got, like, five kids. Yeah. He's been caddying for, like, 30 years or something like that. I don't know. So he, he, he brought a skill set, and I thought he did a really good job of reading greens. But at the same time, as we were talking earlier today, it wasn't as much as... He read um, the iguanas on the golf course the best. Oh, man. He told us they weren't going to attack. Well, I thought those iguanas were going to kick our ass. I thought you approached my ankle or something. You were approached. You just kept filming. I think you forgot. You were like a war correspondent, like walking in. (laughs) The camera like was protecting you. Zoomed in on it. Mark got in with like fifteen feet of the iguana. He was big. He just stared you down. Four or five footer. He checked me out. The other one went peeling across the fairway. You loved that par five. I do. I I drove the ball fantastic both days. Got home in two the first day. Almost got home in two the second day. That's not. Kind of it wasn't an out. easy par five. No. It was like you had to drive it two eighty two ninety, and then just to, to on the right on the right side or the right side, yeah. And then you had to go over water, uh-huh. like a two thirty shot. Yep. To carry right two twenty. Yep. yep. Water all the huge lake to the right. So. And iguanas on the left. And iguanas on the left. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, no, Alberto is great. I think what it came down to for you and me is that, and what I kind of re- talked about with you, if I have a caddy or if I'm going to have a caddy, they have to fit into my routine. For It wasn't that, like, I didn't like the guy or I didn't like his reads or whatever. It just threw off my routine. I'm kind of a – and Allison would probably, like, think I'm nuts to say to think that I have a routine for anything. Uh, very not much very a, strict routine. Very strict routine. On his on his pre-shot routine, he's got a little Ricky Fowler, Justin Thomas type mix, and then you're putting same way every time. Three practice strokes, ready to go. Every yeah, time. Every time. So he threw off my routine, so, threw off my green reading. But what I wanted to ask you, so how would you rank this golf course? Like, out of all golf courses you've played, where would you put it? 
You know, it's interesting in that you know, when you travel to a tropical, I think, kind of environment, you get put into this kind of like mode for like vacation golf. You're ex- to me, my expectations are kind of low on how I'm going to play because I'm just kind of here to somewhat enjoy it. Um, uh, I remember playing Kapalua on my honeymoon, um, probably like one of the first like major tropical kind of vacation major golf courses that I'd ever played and um, I just was in awe the whole time again it was like windy you're up in the side of a volcano you know it's a good golf course golf. too it's a very fun golf course again you're reading grainy putts so speeds are kind of off here and there what kind of grass is that um, it's I, I'm it's like a Bermuda type as well I, I'm almost certain it's Bermuda out there um, don't quote me on that I but, don't. Um, I won't. I'm sure you won't. Uh, this is where we need like stats, man. Where's Where's Coach Bryant when you need him? Um, He's probably with Siwoo Kim. Or right now. I you know what Michael Hart probably would know too, off the top of his head. But anyway, I, I I look at it as though you know you you're playing the golf course for the views as part of the views. You know when I was in Cabo a month or so ago as well. You know you're kind of playing the golf course for the views. So some of the holes are challenging. Some of them aren't. Um, here, though, I felt like every golf hole, except for one, was just, you. it made you really think about what shot you were going to play, really think about what target you wanted to go for, and... The par uh, three is the one that you didn't think was... Yeah, there was one par three, and even... It was o- not, it still was here's the thing. difficult. The ocean is right in the background of it, too. But it was kind of blah. It was, it was the most blah hole. There's like one bunker up front to the left. And it was just like kind of a big green, and it was long though. It played it played a little bit long, and the ocean was in the back, so I mean it still had a great backdrop to it. But it was probably the most boring hole in the golf course. Um, hundred eighty-five, hundred ninety yards, like going into the wind. I was just it into was the wind. It was it played tough. But it was, but I agree, it was probably my least favorite. But it was the least memorable. Actually, I probably remember it more because it was the least memorable when the rest of the hole. Would was you out put there. it in your top five? My top five I've ever played. Uh, um, I would probably go top. Top, top five or ten. Well, you kind of stumped me there, John, with the, like my top courses because I, I think part of it is what courses I play on a regular basis or have played like multiple times versus ones that I've played maybe one time on vacation or something. So. You, you, it would be that, tough for you to rank your top five. I think it would be because, I mean, I, I, I really like, uh, I really, I love Whistling Straits. I actually really like the Irish course up there um, that I've played as well. Kapalua is fantastic. Uh, I've played Wailea uh, also in Maui, which is, which is really, really good. Um, this, this one is definitely above Wailea, um, close to probably like a Kapalua kind of thing for me. Um, Whistling Straits, it's, it's a different type of golf course, right? You're, like, not in a tropical environment, but you are on, the, on Lake Michigan with, again, like, wind conditions. But, it's again, it's more like a Lynx style with heather and just just the way that they carved that into the land is... is whistling by your number one? Um, I've, I've had an opportunity to play it twice, and um, I've re- I really, really liked it both times. I, I don't know. I mean, I just... <laughs> I, maybe I'm lucky and I was able to do that. Um, you know, in Cabo, played Cabo del Sol. Um, I, I can tell you right now that other than 
I, there's not even a hole there that I can really remember. But, I mean, again, it had, like, ocean views and things like that. I uh, played this Palmia course um, in Cabo as well. Um, and I played that I a couple the, times now. And there's some really memorable What's the first there. one? Del Sol? Yeah. I think that's on the top uh, 100 as it, well. It was very, very challenging. I'd love to play it again. I don't remember it real well, but it was very, very challenging. Punta Espada is in the top uh, 100. Top 100? On, yep. And, it's number and 75. I, where I go with this, and this is probably why it, I, it's, I just struggle with it, because I play, like, I love the die course down in French Lick. I think it is one of the nicest, mo it's very comparable to this as far as, like, it being green and just, like, immaculately well taken care of and um, a lot of fun to play. And so uh, I, I, I can tell you it's in my top ten, but I'd have to really kind of, like, pour through all the courses I played to let you know, like, where it stands other than that. It's in my top five. I mean, I've played Bell Reeve, and this is better than Bell Reeve. Yeah. Well, yes. this is better than, like, Crooked Stick. This is, this is better. I, it's still one of my favorite courses is in Indiana that I've ever played is Victoria National. It's incredible. Yeah. And I, I get to play it. It is when so you, you awesome. You play French Lick. So yeah, and I, I'm, I, we're doing that. We're, we're, we're going to do that this year. We're on a mission to do Have that. Have you played Bahala? Nope. I love Valhalla. I've been there twice for tournaments. I've been now, there once. That is a beautiful golf. Allison's even been to Valhalla. She played Valhalla? No, but she's been there. She got to watch. Uh, Did you guys go to the PGA Championship? We went to the PGA, so we followed. We, we followed, were there. It was rainy. Followed, you guys remember it was rainy? We followed Duff Daddy um, for like uh, nine holes, and then he like pulled out of the tournament with a bad back or something. I thought it was kind of like. You went to the PGA Championship there when it was like, what, what was that, 2014? 13, 13, 14, something like that. Maybe. And it was, it was a, just a shit show there. It was so crazy packed. Yeah, I, I just could not believe how that tournament was ran. All right, sorry, I was interrupted by my wife because she wasn't sure if I was going to mention that we, were, uh, we went to the Ryder Cup event there as well. So, uh, yes, we did go to the Ryder Cup there as well. We got to see... At least, uh, I think I saw one tournament day and maybe a practice day there. What year was that, the Ryder Cup? That was before the PGA, so that would have been like uh, maybe 2011 or 2010 or something like that. What did you say it was? I'm sure the Ryder Cup was a well, better it's, experience. It's what sold me on the Ryder Cup being the best golf event you can go be a spectator At, in person. Not for. Murfield. What was the other? Where was the other the one? The other one was at Medina. Medina, yes. Did you guys go to that too, no, right? No, we didn't go to that. So, but we, uh, to me, that was the one that, like, because I've never experienced a Ryder Cup, and I'm like, this is the most incredible way to see golf. Allison, did you have golf. fun at that, the Ryder Cup? She went to a practice day at the Ryder Cup. She never went to an actual tournament day. So Did you, did you have fun? A little bit different. <laughs> yes, no. She's not going to speak. <laughs> did you become Anchorman? I don't know what to do with my hands right now. <laughs> That's awesome. I don't know. Yeah, well, we got there's there's plenty of local golf that we can check out, see, and I think getting up to some stuff in Chicago would be fun as well. But, we need to. Uh, so this is your top five. It's in my top five for sure. I mean, I I don't think I've played. What, what quite do you as think? Many. What do you think was the most challenging part about this golf course, though? Well, I mean, for me, it was off the tee, but it 
shouldn't have been because it was pretty liberal. Yeah, I, I would say um, the the weather conditions for sure. I mean, because I had to just like commit myself to say I'm gonna hit a seven iron at 140 yards and I can hit it 175. Yeah, that is tough to do, especially when that flag is sitting there right at the end of a green and there's rocks and the ocean right behind it. Yeah, that's just. I couldn't mentally, mentally convince yourself to pit three more clubs almost. And I finally started doing it like towards the end of the second yeah. round. Yeah. Um, I feel like if we had played one more time, it would have been even... Today would have been tough. It was even windier today. That could have been a little pressure on it. But I think one more time, we, I think we would have played pretty well. I really like the greens and the chipping. I don't know why. I just think it's more like Zoysia to me, and that's where I kind of learned golf. So it's just like the, the ball kind of sticks up a little bit more. It's a little more coarse. Bent is like soft. It's like when you you have to clip it off the um, the well, turf. I, I, the greens didn't receive the ball for me real well. And like, well, but I, I think just, but that was me too. I mean, it was so firm. I think I hit like five greens in two days. It was it was not it was not an easy it was not an easy. But that was the toughest part. You thought. For me, it was holding. I thought the greens being as firm as they were, especially if you were like downwind and stuff like that, you were just hosed. You just everything was going to run through. You had like no chance of holding the green unless you were into the wind. And even when there was crosswind, and I was playing it to the number, like stuff would roll out so far. I mean, how many how many wedge shots did you hit in that hit pin high or even short of the pin, and then rolled to the back of the green? They would wedge shots. I mean, that's kind of like Chatham, the way the. Greens the past couple but years. But if we landed short of the green, what happened? At least at Chatham, what, when you land short of the green, it bounces up and kind of rolls yeah, on. Short the here, Jack protects it with that front edge. You almost have to play a shot like it hits that front edge like hard. Skips on. Yes. Little low, which I don't hit a low shot, so I'm, I'm screwed. Not my kind of golf course. I still thought we played okay. No. Nah. We played okay. John okay. putted, I mean, without the caddy, John may have um, never broken 80, uh, especially day one. He made everything. But the claw grip, dude, working for you. Claw grip. It was good. Putted well. uh, And the new even roll. New even roll putter, but could not get off the tee well at all. Yeah, you got a little quick. You were trying to pump pump it out there. You are trying to pump it out. Got a little background kids here. Got a little background kids. We are on vacation, by the way. If you can uh, hear the ocean and kids yelling and wives laughing. The fact that they're all playing together and not playing video games right now, though, is um, possibly the highlight of all of our weeks. And I can't remember, like, we've been bothered five times. Can you remember five times we've been bothered the whole... Like, the whole trip, really? No. It's been good. We've had a good trip. It's been fun having the families together, um, being able to, gosh, the kids just played in the waves for five days straight. So. It's good. Good times. All right, moving on. Our last segment here. We uh, we were able to acquire a Brugal 1888. Um, it's a It's a rum. It's an aged rum. And I, it's all in Spanish on this darn bottle, so I, I really don't know. But anyway, it's a, it's a Dominican Republic rum. Um, that uh, I believe it's like some type of an Anejo aged type of rum. I'll share a picture of it on uh, Instagram. Um, 
we're going to try to get some of this home, share it with our buddies as well. But How many years aged? I think it's a seven-year. You know, when we, uh, we did another rump, didn't we, on one of the podcasts? We did. It's, it's crazy how old these companies are, these rum companies. <laughs> Brewing since, like, the pirate days. Oh, yeah, I'm sure this thing was, like, Captain Jack Sparrow was all over this shit. <laughs> uh, God, I have to put, like, my date of birth in here, which is ridiculous. I've never even, I've never even heard of website. this, I've seen this. But our, um, our, our destination concierge yeah. is the person... Concierge. You just said, hey, get us a good bottle of rum, right? I did. I said, hey, find us a good local bottle of rum um, that is, you know, just sipping type of... So, it, oh, here we go. Sipping. Oh, this is actually great. So, it's a, they do a double aging. Um, they first mature it in a hand-picked ex-bourbon American oak casks. Wow. Then European oak uh, sherry casks. Okay. Wow. So this gives it a, a complex yet smooth flavor profile. Um, the flavors that you're going to taste in this are going to be a little bit of coffee, citrus, toffee, some red fruit, a little peach, some dates, vanilla, and raisins. I definitely got the vanilla going on in here. Um, you know what I'd say about this more than anything? It doesn't taste like a sugary rum. No, there's that, that toffee vanilla is really what comes out to me. It's got that, it's candy-like. But a lot of rum that I drink, it just it's really like the sugar taste is overpowering. This is more like a natural fruit kind well, of sweetness. Well, you're usually putting it in with like a Coke, so yeah, that extra sugarifies it. Yeah, that's true, but I'm just, when I think of, I don't know, like I mean, Captain you're, Morgan. Or, you're not sipping Captain Morgan on yeah, the Yeah, this is, here. I mean, what I'm saying is it's like, this there's is some like actual thought a, process. It's like drinking there. a whiskey, right? And, so. it and it has a little whiskey flavor, kind of like, like smoothness to it. I, I do get a little bit of the coffee on the nose, which I don't really like coffee, so that just happens. But I, I, it's definitely more of a um, uh, I, that that toffee, vanilla, candy. Allison, would you gift this to somebody? You can just shake your head, yes or no, since you're on the microphone. Would you gift this rum? Yeah. yeah. This is yes. Yeah. So that, that's our, usually our rating scale: is would we gift it? To someone, it's like a what 50, 40, 50? It's fifty bucks, fifty bones. Um, I'm gonna see if we can find it in the U.S. somewhere and try to gift it to someone. That may be the next step of our podcast. Is that if we do like something and we're gonna gift it, we need to actually gift it to someone. I think that could be kind of interesting. Maybe slap a faded golf to sticker on the bottle. Give it to Bo Hostler. Yeah, give send it to Bo Hostler. I need to make a Bo Hostler T-shirt. Send it to him with some rum. Yeah, we I were mean, down. That would be pretty solid, actually. Because, I, I mean, DeChambeau has his own T-shirt that we made now. We need to actually make one for Hostler. And it probably has to do something with the tour visor, because I was getting him shit, you know, about wearing the tour visor. But I think we would, I think there needs to be, like, a tour visor Bo Hostler T-shirt of some sort. So i got to work on that. With a bottle of rum. bottle of rum. So, hey, we're going to do a two-for-one, though. And I know you only have a little bit left in your bottle here, but we're going to do a two-for-one. So we have been down here in the Dominican Republic, and... Um, We've been drinking the Steve of the Dominican Republic, which is the Presidente. 
as John's called it all week, the El Presidente. El Presidente Light. And uh, we have a lovely Liete. El Presidente Light. Liaite. Uh, Liaite. Um, it is a, it's a lovely Pilsner. comes in a green bottle. I'll share another pick as well. So, it's an island beer. Um, it's an island beer. I don't think it's as aggressive as... Aggressive flavoring-wise. It's like Calique or... Carob. Um, Carob or... I'm trying to think of the other one that I've had. Um, Ka- uh, Ka- I thought it's something with a K. Well, there's, I'm trying to think of the other one that I've had. Let's just, let's but, just drink it. Wow, that's only my 700th uh, sip of the week. It's nothing that special, but I tell you what, when you're on vacation... It's um, fine. It, you it's can't good, get Steve it's down a good, here. It's a good vacation beer. They, they, everywhere we went, they served basically Corona and Presidente. That was were pretty much your options. And Stella Artos. And Stella Artos <laughs> um, could be found at least at the bar we were or the beach club we were hanging out at. Um, but... The uh, for the week, I'm it was apparently good. you can it's get fun. a Presidente Black, which is like heavy alcohol content. We didn't do that. We drank a little bit of the regular. I would drink this over Corona. I think it it's it's got a little more I don't know smoothness to well, it's it. It's not that I like. syrupy like it's Corona. Just, it, it, I like it better than Corona. They've for like an it. island beer, for an island beer, I'd probably say it's the best one I've had. I it's yeah it's it's. Uh, uh, it's it's better than Kalik, and I've drank a lot of Kalik going to the. I drink a lot the, of Carib. To the uh, Bahamas and stuff. When you guys so. were in Puerto Rico, do you drink Carib? I can't remember what was there. I probably drank more. It's Carib a Puerto Rican beer. Puerto Rican beer. Yeah. Mm. I don't well, recall. I, I I recommend both, but the rum is definitely. Rum is a gift is giftable. Probably tough to get it. Uh, a six-pack of Presidente into the country, but you never know. I think you can buy Presidente, right, in the States? Who knows, man. I don't know. I'm never going to buy it. No. I, I'm just There's like too I, many choices. Just like I'm, not, I'm never going to buy a red stripe either, so it, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> we have plenty of other options in the United States to drink that I'll drink this when I'm in the actual. I would buy that rum in the States, though. Why not? We're going to gift I mean, it. If Allison, on Allison's if recommendation. If going to drink it, then I'm probably going to buy it. Anything to take advantage, right, Mark? So Absolutely. On that note. On that note, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, next week we will do a Masters preview, and then we'll follow up with a post-Masters podcast. Until then, go out there, hit more greens, and you'll score better. We'll see you. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>